Good evening, primetime partiers. It's primetime party time. Welcome back to our hour of all things media and entertainment. Live on the air at 9 p.m. at ptptshow.com. And on your time, wherever you stream podcasts. Tonight, we are going to have some listener feedback from our very own soundtrack composer extraordinaire, Jay Wright. Our discussion will center on prestige TV, reality TV, and how they both clean space in the TV landscape. We'll go through this week's toasts and roasts with our special guests before getting into our question from Jay Wright about different types of TV and how they all fit in our screen time solar system. How are you doing, Daniel? Hey, how's it going, Tracy? And you heard him just under underneath uh, Tracy right there. And at the top of the hour, it was uh, Jay Wright. Jay Wright, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome. Thanks for the warm welcome on the music too. I'm doing pretty good. It's a Monday night. Nice. Hanging out, drinking some some delicious white wine and eating some some late night dinner snacks. So yeah, no complaints up here. That's true. We are toasting and we are roasting with uh, a drink of the occasion. Uh, we all have our individual white wines here, but what are we toasting we and roasting them uh, to? Uh, Tracy, what's your toast and roast this week? Yeah. My toasts are very toasty, and my roasts are very roasty. Um, so my toasts are, I had two best friends get engaged within the past two weeks, so that's yeah, fun. That means 2022 will be stacked. <laughs> Lots of fun <laughs> events to come, and also very happy for both of them. So that's a, that's a serious toast. And then my TV toast is that I just finished Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaiba, and I'm very now I have a show hole from it, even though apparently there's a movie that it's a Demon Slayer movie that's in theaters right now. I'm still kind of like, even though I'm fully vaxxed, like dipping my toe into like activities. And I was kind of like, are we at movie theater level comfort yet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, New Beverly opens in June here in Los Angeles. I do miss the movie theater, though, so I'm kind of like, I think we can do this. I think we can test the waters soon. But I also was like, I should save like my first movie theater experience for like a really big blockbuster. Kind of, I kind of feel like I should wait and just be like, yeah, this movie will be, you'll be able to stream it soon. Just let's 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 give it a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then my roast is also media-related. I mean, and not to rag on something, but <laughs> but um, I, my roast is Mortal Kombat, the new version. I watched it with my boyfriend and his family and uh, just didn't have what I like. You're holding back. <laughs> in martial arts movies. Yeah, I am holding back. You're holding um, back. <laughs> yeah, I think my original kind of spiel on it is that I don't really understand. I don't really understand why it, was, why it is the way it is. I like when there's you either watch scenes for like really like artistic like martial arts or you kind of go the, you know, Quentin Tarantino direction where everyone just like explodes into blood fountains and this one was like trying to do both but then none of them a hundred percent so it'd just be like and, and i get that it's based on a video game and thus it did feel like i was just watching you know the end scenes of a video game 
and nothing else because I kind of was like trying to follow the plots and being like I just I don't understand it's almost like they're ripping off Avatar and like they become sort of benders but then it's also like they're battling different worlds like it's Lord of the Rings and then they have like some Australian guy that just says yeah Kano offensive so, crap so, alright full disclosure <laughs> I like Mortal Kombat the series um, Ooh, and right. but but like I'm not expecting like I, I saw the 90s movies and the, you don't follow the the games for a good story though they, they have I good see. like strong characters the, the plots are usually absolute nonsense it's just the fact that like the so archetypes that's... kind of keep it alive and going and like, yeah, it. it's it's gratuitous, yes. Um, but the characters are memorable enough that that they're somewhat fun. So I am not surprised that the plot's like totally, you know, whatever. Yeah, as someone who had, I had not seen the old ones or played the video game, so I was just watching this being like, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to know, but I don't. <laughs> oh, no. Or like I'm watching it with my boyfriend, Sean, who'd be like, oh, yeah, like the guy with lots of arms is coming. And I'd be like, more than two? He's like, yeah, like there are many arms that I see the statue come up and it's like something that has like four arms. I'm like, I, I get it now. And he'll be like, yeah, and that guy will soon have metal arms. And I'm like, why? And then their <laughs> arms get like very theatrically sawed off. I'm like, yeah, I could see why he'll use those metal arms now. <laughs> he'll need something. It seems like a yeah. faithful adapt adaptation. Yeah, it's it was just it's interesting because it did seem to be like they took a bunch of things from like a bunch of other stuff that existed. Like mm -hmm. yeah, like the fantasy sort of anime tropes, but then we also want a martial arts movie, but we also want it to just be like exponentially violent and. You know, I don't know if this is like too much of a detail, but my pet peeve when there's like extremely bloody movies is when you can tell the blood is like super fake all the time. Mm. And when you can kind of count, like I got to a point where I was like, how many seconds in this movie do I go without somebody like spitting out blood or like gushing blood? Like it did just seem like I needed to count and go like, how many frames? What are the frames without blood? Because I think they're... <laughs> they're that being said, I think if you really liked this show slash game and everything, it kind of ended in a cool place where you're like, oh, we know they're going to introduce that person in the next movie. And maybe the next one will be better. I mean, I guess very much not for me. I think I watched it, though, probably comparing it to things that it shouldn't be, where I was, like, going at it going, so they have swords, but this is, like, no House of Flying Daggers. Like, this sucks. Do you know what good sword moves are? It's not this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. But, uh, okay. So, okay. I yeah, I was like, I think I grew up on too much, like, interesting and somewhat similar to our conversation that's upcoming, like, a lot of, like, prestige <laughs> martial arts movies. <laughs> versus kind of this one that's a little bit more i would say going in the mm, lowbrow martial arts mm, movie. Mm. but i guess it's a, like a little bit more for the characters and less for how they fight or where they go it's more kind of like picking up on them i i was i was still left confused on who i'm supposed to care about the most 
You, you just pick a favorite and run with I them see. until they get killed. That's <laughs> all like, it is. It's yeah. paper like thin motivation. Where you choose the character. Yeah, it's it's all about oh, color yeah. and outfit, and and you just go until they die, and then you pick a second one, and then, yeah, and then you go until they die, and then yeah, you just hope someone makes it to the end. Uh, yeah. Or, you know though. So this is mm. kind of funny. I was holding back when you were talking about Demon Slayer. Okay. Because uh, they. In the box office this last weekend, Demon Slayer edged out Mortal Kombat. So people are testing their toes in the water for movie theaters, and people are choosing Demon Slayer over, over Mortal Kombat right now. Don't know I if will that's say indication. Demon Slayer is a very high-quality anime. I watched it and went, like, the animation is very different. Like, it's this weird combination of, like, some of the background scenery is so kind of high-def that you almost think it's not animation. But then they'll still go into these freeze frames, like if someone's embarrassed or funny or going through like a little bit of a rant where they'll go into this like almost comic book style. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a fun time. It's the first anime I feel like Demon Slayer is to this like current newer generation what Inuyasha was for kind of like ours. So it's which is funny because it's almost like taking it from the opposite side because they slay them demons, but they it it's like the similar concept of like you have this person that seems to have some sort of destiny and then like you're kind of bringing on the each character episode by episode, but there's like this bigger plot that they're trying to solve throughout and it does kind of seem like other people he kind of meets are like aware of like some weird abilities that are yet for him to discover so it's interesting i fully watched it because i uh gifted my cousin like some traditional garb for her 18th birthday got her her yukata and then one of her friends was like this looks like what they wear in demons (laughs) (laughs) and yeah then one of her friends was like no that's traditional wear and it's just because Demon Slayer takes place in an older time period where wearing traditional wear was more common. But then they're also like, they have like one of the final episodes is they see a train and two of them have been in the countryside so long that they've never seen a train before. So I'm like, this is interesting. Hmm. Interesting concepts are happening. So I can see apparently it got featured in I think the LA Times or something as, yeah, like they were saying like, this is one of the most popular movies especially that's come from an anime in a long time where like people are going out and seeing it. I get why though. Cause I think the second season is supposed to come out this summer to like Hulu and Crunchyroll, but then Netflix is not getting it for like until 2023 or something crazy. Wow. <laughs> like, and you watched it on Netflix wow. originally? No, okay, I didn't. Okay. I watch most of my anime on Hulu cause okay. I feel like they have the most and then they have the most, dub and sub i feel like a lot of netflix yeah, like is only that. the sub and you don't get to go like back and forth or right whatever. it's really easy on hulu to like just swap for an episode yeah. and see what's going yeah, on if you're just like version. i just want to see what it's like and be like mm, i like these voice actors i'm better yes i've <laughs> done that in both directions on hulu you get choice yeah but yeah so uh justin do you like to share your toasts and roasts for this week yeah, I'll share my toast and roast for this week. Yeah. So I feel like my my toasts and two toasts. Hmm. I guess three. I have three yeah. toasts. Triple toast. I have three toasts this week. You're allowed to have as many toasts as you want. 
All right, we'll start with my first two toasts, and the third toast is also a roast. So that one's a little convoluted. First toast is I started watching Community like a week and a half ago, um, and I haven't, I mean, I've heard great things about it, never started it, and I'm in the midst of season two, and I think it's phenomenal. And what's what I think made me laugh the most, because the acting's like pretty awful. Like, it's not great, you know? <laughs> it's just not. It's not supposed to be, though, okay. either. Because yeah. it's community yeah. college. Like, it's all, it's, it's all very meh, but weirdly super relatable in my books. Uh, right. And uh, I'm guessing from, and if you guys know, you can correct me. I think it's supposed yeah. to take place at, like, Riverside Community College. Oh. Oh, really? I think it's supposed to be know. RCC. Um, which is you know out by Daniel it's closer to you and I and our next next to the woods Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway so I thought that was uh, entertaining in that regard and then from some of my experience of just taking summer classes at JC's like I totally get the laid-back crappy teachers I totally get like the study groups of friends that get together and like you know you're like at a bio class with this great teacher at uh a local college community college here and it was one of the best bio classes i've ever had but the kids in that class my god it was it was like a jack-in-the-box exploding every day in class it's horrible but the teacher was great like he just was he'd ignore everything and then then the class like screaming everybody for misbehaving he was like a he was like a chain okay he's a chain okay. but he'd only be a chain at the end of class the rest of it he was fine for those of you that don't get that reference, it's one of the uh, Spanish teachers that I'm not going to ruin it for you, but he's a Spanish teacher at this community college in the show. And anyway, so that was... Ken uh, Jong, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. It's hilarious. It's great. He does a great job. So that's my first toast. It's been a, uh, a good, lighthearted show to get into. Um, we'll talk about it further later on the episode today, but I've watched quite a few heavy shows over our pandemic season of life. And so this has been a nice kind of rebuttal to a lot of that heavier stuff. And it's pretty light, funny. They don't take themselves seriously. I don't take it seriously. It's nice. Um, my other toast, toast number two, would be uh, helping a friend move like two weeks ago. And I found this road bike in their backyard. Ooh. And I was like, what are you guys doing with this bike? And they're like, oh, we're just going to like donate it. And I was like, can you donate it to me? That'd be <laughs> awesome. And they're like, yeah, man, like, just take it. That'll be a payment for, like, helping out. I'm like, sweet. So I spent, like, the past two evenings, like, fixing it up. I'd say afternoon. No. And so I took it out on some roads back in the old neighborhood today. And it hit 40 miles an hour, according to my phone. And it was utterly terrifying. And the front brake failed as soon as I got back to the neighborhood. So that was fun. But that was a toast because it's just exciting. It's like a little kid, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, do you guys remember when you were young and, like, your bike was your way that, like, you got to your friend's house? You yeah. Know? It was, like, I'm going to – school's done. I finished my homework. Like, I'm going to hop on my bike and, like, go watch a movie at the movie theater. Like, yeah. I used to ride from Vista to the San Marcos movie theater on my bike Dang. in the summer. That's and it was, dumb. like, freedom. Total freedom. Yeah. yeah. So it was, was a, a fun reminder. Oh, yeah. So it was a fun reminder of just, just youthfulness, I guess, that – you know, this year's been pretty solid, and that's been a little little light into the tunnel. Yeah. And then my third toast 
that's kind of a roast. It's mostly a toast, but it's going to be a roast for a few days. I'm getting my second back shot, manana, at noon, and I'm super pumped. But pretty much everyone my age I've talked to that's gotten it has felt like crap for like at least three days afterwards. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm excited, but I don't like feeling ill. And I know some people that have been like my like my sister was sick for like a week, like puking, super high fever, just oh. really ill. So I'm hoping I don't share whatever gene she has that <laughs> cause cause that reaction. We'll see. We'll find out on Friday. I'll let y'all know. <laughs> Please. Fingers crossed. Oh yeah. I think for all of us, that's probably a, a pretty big uh if you're into the vaccine thing, that's a pretty big toast for most it's of us. But it's I also, agree. Congratulations. Also roast. Thank you. So yeah, that's kind of my uh my week. And now I look back on it, it's pretty rad that there's three toasts and only one roast. I feel like the past like year has been roast after roast after roast. It's true. We're you starting know? to get some more balance of the positive and negative. Agreed. <laughs> it's not opening your phone up and being like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, you still get a bit of that. Like, you know people can't be yeah. stopped but <laughs> there is at least some like good news to counteract <laughs> bmac in the chat says a triple toast should be called a club sandwich he also uh <laughs> believes that community, <laughs> that's hilarious uh takes place it. at glendale community college uh which when i watched community i wasn't like I, i've known glendale my whole life but i've never really like cared about all of the like LA cities until now living in that LA. Makes sense, though. Uh, it makes well, sense. It makes sense. But is Glendale also also? Also it is Greendale. Like it's oh, Greendale. 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 So it could be Riverside. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Supposed to be it's in Greendale. Colorado. I know oh it's supposed to be in Colorado. Greendale, Colorado. Yeah, I was gonna right. wait until after this was Oh, be like fact, fact. Tracy with the facts. Okay. I but I Googled it. Coming in with the knowledge. Very good. Greenville cool. Community College. From cool. Google. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, was confirmed really by Reddit. So I feel like Reddit it's would It's true. Know. If Reddit said yes, then it has to be true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how that sure. website works. I think that's how that works. <laughs> sure. It seems that's slightly like so that's Historically, that's tracked. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a journalistic podcast. <laughs> I would Hold consider I, a I lot of them. I'm, I've seen a few articles, and they're all supposed to be in fictitious, fictitious. Greendale, Colorado. So nice. I don't think it totally like exists. On a yeah. side note, I wonder how many moderators on Reddit are also the people who make Wikipedia pages. Yeah, it's, you, like, there's got to be some crossover there. I think Anyways, so. Not Internet of enthusiasts. Condom, yeah. <laughs> there's some dedication. But that, that might be something to look into. I'd be curious. Maybe a show idea. Who knows? Maybe we'll make, it, maybe, yeah. we'll make an AMA post. And it'll make be it. about Wikipedia. And we'll just see what we get. We'll like, how many of you also, you know, cross over yeah. <laughs> to this place? Who, who is tending multiple gardens <laughs> of information on the web? Please do tell. All right, uh, Daniel, yes. your toast and roast. Ooh, okay. Uh, my toast is a literal roast this week. Um, there is an Yum. artist that I've liked my entire life. Basically, 
if I knew who you were and you were around for like my formative years, I will follow you and I'll just kind of like look in at whatever new ventures that you're doing and uh, I'll I'll look your way when, when you decide to like try something out. Uh, so Scott Coppenstein of the like littlest man band, uh, basically like got together with a coffee shop in Orange County and created the littlest man blend. And I was like, all right, like Justin, we, we've gone to his shows at the gypsy den, like might as well see what he's doing in the coffee world. Um, and so he teamed up with this uh, coffee shop. Really? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Hopefully we'll, we'll all get together at the Gypsy Den um, at some point. But Sir <laughs> Alverix, uh, the lineage of Sir Alverix originated three generations ago in Vietnam during the French colonization. Since Grandpa Tang was fascinated by the coffee culture, he started learning the craft of roasting. After years of training and tasting, Grandpa Tang opened his first store. Soon, Papa Tang joined the business. In the late 1980s, Papa Tang bought the family's expertise, brought the family's expertise to the United States. Decades later, granddaughter Tang decided to continue the family's roasting tradition under the moniker Sir Alverix. So he's, I think he's on rotation. Um, and cool. yeah, he has a, the, you know, bought some uh, ground coffee. They smell so good. I need to get this out of my face right now. Uh, but uh, Before yeah. you just like snort it up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, been <clears> on the French <throat> press rice, uh, fr- French press <laughs> life and uh it's making my week uh definitely got me over that like post-vaccine hump for sure yeah coffee Uh, is required yeah quick roast um i know that we talk a lot about apple computers on this show and the saga of me getting a new one uh Mm. i i had a question about the one that i wanted to get the entire experience has kind of been a nightmare uh it should be on its way soon but i i strolled into the apple store Okay. And I wanted to buy an Apple computer, and I walked up to an Apple employee. Yeah, and is this a roast? are we roasting this is Apple? A, this is going to be a roast oh. because Always we roast. get okay. on Apple, the Apple bit. website, even though I use it in front of the. I Apple. use it. Yeah, I'm well, I, let's hope that we can use it for the next uh, forty-eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the or uh, anyways, the Whatever. so. I'm standing there in an Apple store talking to an Apple yeah. employee about buying an yeah. Apple computer. Uh-huh. And we're looking at the Apple website. Uh, he can't sell me the computer on the website in the store. And so oh. it, and it was something to do with payment was why I was there even in the first place. And I, I kind of, I'm kind of like, it's all just, uh, forget. basically my roast is, it is so odd to me that everything is first party. And it's like, actually yes. you can't really do the transaction of all the first party things with all of the first party pieces. Uh, interesting enough. So yeah, I don't know. Tough. Um, I left Very perplexed. Strange. I'm still perplexed. Uh, it's weird to go in as a customer and they're like, we cannot take your money. And you're like, yeah, why? Yeah. That, and they're uh, just yeah. like, we I'm just trying to can't. Throw you a like, thousand dollars. Are you in the position of saying no? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's and that's kind of what it is, right? It's I don't know yeah, if this would be a roast kind of if you can't point to three other roasts in primetime party time episodes. Hopefully this is the final roast in the Apple saga. Uh we got over that last bit, but I don't know, you know, it's like really the main driving like nightmare uh going on is just trying to trying to get something from this company. Uh but you know what I do? Huh. Mm. My solve for that issue yeah. is I have plenty of friends that uh, you know, the new Apple thing comes out. And a year or two later, they're like, oh, I need the new Apple thing. And the one thing that I do like about Apple is their products keep working long after you purchase them. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, that's. Unless you well, throw I'm going them to the wall, they work for quite a while. I mean, so I'm just at the point where. Oh yeah. Well, I'm at the point like with Apple and like iPhones, for example. Like I've got yeah. one. It's right yeah. here. Yeah. I love it. It's that's great. great. Um, but I'll find people who are trying to upgrade, and I'm like, hey, I'll give you 10% more than what Apple will give you for the rebate towards a new phone for your phone. I like this. And that way, I'm like, you know, an, um, a year behind the Apple tech, which is like nothing. And I mean, I guess in nah. today's world, maybe it's a lot, but really it's in functionality, it's nothing. And it's for like a quarter of the cost of like that same phone already used from Apple. Exactly. And then my friends don't even have to deal with the bullshit that, like Daniel, you said you have to deal with by going to the store where you can't even buy something. Can't even now, buy something. You know? I've had so multiple like, people you know issues with the trade-ins, too. They say it's well, I've, tough. I've never bought anything directly. The only thing I've ever bought directly from Apple, even though I use all Apple products, like I'm doing this on an iPad right now that I bought <laughs> off of Nextdoor in Fullerton like a year that's ago. Why, that's, that's, I love this. This is the why this I, is The one thing I bought is, an, is a battery. And Reddit told me that batteries would be the hardest thing to get from Apple. I walked in with a phone that was registered under a different person's name that had water damage and it had been dropped. And the dude gave me a new battery for $40. That's yeah, low dope. key. The, the 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 real roast is Reddit here. Like this is what we were saying earlier. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, we, oh sorry. Yeah, the anyways, Apple Store experience is kind of like horrible. It's well, it's hard because like I've gone in there, and when you get the right person at like the Genius Bar or something, they just like do you a solid, and you're like. You are with me. Oh yeah. And then there are the people who do the direct opposite, and you're like, I'm gonna go to another location where someone gives me a different answer because. And I have straight up gotten to the point like I think when I lived in Orange County, I knew if you went to the Fashion Island Apple Store, they almost always would hook you up. If you uh -huh. went to the South Coast Plaza one, they would be like, Tough "Wait, shit. no, we don't do that." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like hmm, you gotta you gotta know your place but at the same time i have i remember when i bought my phone it was a similar situation daniel i had to like wait till i could almost they, they let me buy it like it was kind of like a well you could buy it on this day but then it won't ship for like three months it's interesting it's or you could wait two weeks and pick it up the next day and i was like oh i'll wait two weeks fine yeah, it's There's it's just strange. No it's the entire process is strange. It feels nonsensical to me. Uh, that's what I'm roasting. Is that the yeah. Apple buying experience is a strange and nonsensical nightmare most it's a of wild the time. Ride. Uh, but goddamn, this coffee smell good. And uh, we have some more <laughs> things to toast and roast. Uh, pretty much for the rest of the episode. Uh, but it's all TV related. Stick around right after the break. We'll be back. Yes. All right, welcome back, all of our lovely and beautiful viewers from all over the globe, probably more specifically Southern California. But if you're out there in, I don't know, Taiwan, Germany, wherever, welcome. So glad you can watch us, even if it's 2 a.m. in the morning where you are, because we're all probably at the end anyways. So our topic for tonight, I think it's interesting, your hosts, Daniel and Tracy, thought my idea was interesting enough that it's now a topic for a whole episode. So this past year, 
we were in an interesting state of affairs, you could say. And I'm sure many of us consumed way more hours of, of uh, video media than we could properly digest and wanted to digest. It was like Thanksgiving of TV every day for a year. You know, like that's a lot of TV. We're getting like all all the turkey and the, all the stuff that makes you sleep that goes with it. Anyways, what what is on my mind is I feel like my my uh, compadres of associates in my life are on. I, I moved my hands down here and I realize you can't see them. This is what white wine does to me, folks. You know, <laughs> my visual field becomes impaired. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like all of my my uh, associates my life over this past year are split into two camps. We have camp one and camp two or camp one and camp two, whichever side of the screen you prefer to look at. And in camp one, we got the people that were like, all right, Breaking Bad, uh, Survivor, uh, that 70s show, um, Community, um, Better Call Saul, you know, all these like big, Saga-esque, I want to say, series that there's so much thought and brilliance put behind them. And they're just, they're, a lot of them are heavy and deep and in a twisted, broken time in our world. It was an interesting way to be carried through some of those periods. On the other side, Camp 2, or Camp 2, whichever, whichever side you want to go on here, you got the Kardashians. Now, if you like the Kardashians, I'm not going to shame you for it. I think it's a load of crap. But I think it's so funny, especially living in, in like the area of Los Angeles, you know, like we're the, the capital, one of the capitals of media in the world. And unfortunately, in my humble opinion, it's sad, man. You're going to watch some some person who made up and who, who made up the brilliance behind it, I admire. Like, you built a company and a brand out of bullshit. Awesome. But, you know, like, the people I know that, that watch the Kardashians or the likes, their lives are dramatic and bullshit and fake like the Kardashians. You know, it's real relatable to them. And I get it, and that's fine. But at the same time, I'm like, why do you want to, like, live your life and at the end of your day, just continue your life virtually? Like, that sounds awful if that's the way you're doing things. Or the flip side, right, you got the people that were watching, like, Breaking Bad and things where there's actually some uh, artistic forethought, I'll say. Because Kardashians probably takes way more forethought than I'm ever willing to commit to something to make something of that succeed. We got some people that watch Breaking Bad and, like, they appreciate the photography, they appreciate... The, the use of language in each character to give these characters a sense of of location and 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 cultural positioning and seeing how their dynamics within their you know social hierarchies based on their their character uh, traits and flaws interact like there's so much depth to this stuff and they explore so many different types of filming from bottleneck episodes to like single character episodes to all melding pot. Let's have everyone meet each other, but not know they're meeting. I don't know the terms for this stuff. Daniel, you guys are the, the, the pros here, but I recognize it and I see it. So I see these two variations and it just makes me think 
and all of our viewers, uh, you can Google this. We just had a, a comment earlier with our the three of us that we can just Google stuff and there's answers. It's great. And I haven't Googled this and I could have. But I wonder, you know, something like Breaking Bad or these great, wonderful anime sagas and the Kardashians, and not just the Kardashians, but similar trash TV, they take up similar amounts of airspace, I'd imagine. Um, or airtime, not airspace, what am I doing? Airtime, right? And why? What? What's... <laughs> just why you know okay. i do i want to do i want to go i i get and again it's personal preference at the end of the day i understand that and again i'm not trying to bash or shame people but i think your opinion's wrong if you're watching the kardashians you're wasting your time because there's stuff that people pour their hearts into or someone trying to make a buck off and you turn in the, the click on it on and that could be said for both sides too i'll play devil's advocate there that's fine i'm not going to argue against the devil in that part but you know, we've all studied art. Daniel, you've literally studied film. Grace, too. I think does Grace and I are equal it... credits away from getting the film degrees. Yeah, we're both does... like half, well, like, I don't know, 98% of a film degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could have just taken those two more classes, but we didn't. <laughs> and, and at least, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd imagine that some of the... Uh, trash tv stuff just makes you kind of scratch your head oh yeah am i wrong of course maybe no. not i don't know i, I just yeah. find it fascinating that the two things are so different and occupy a very different like experiential internal space of film and video media but yet both are so viable and popular and successful in our culture it's so fascinating to me i think it's I true I think I understand your question. And I guess that wasn't a question, more of a statement. No, the question's why, right? And uh, yeah. of course, I appreciate yeah, yeah, why? the why? hell out of your opinion. And yeah. More so, why are the Kardashians popular? Why like, are that's, the Kardashians like, Why the hell do you waste your time watching the Kardashians? Right. You could be reading a book or like doing a math problem. Okay. You know, or drinking a beer. Just drink a beer. It's better off. Than, sorry, I hate the Kardashians. Like, we'll do this. They, they, they pair IPA. their Kardashians with their wine. Um, interesting that you said in your original spiel about people having vapid lives and then going to watch it some more. I actually read this article from Business Insider. It's from like think 2016 and it was sourced in another article that was from like 2018 so it's a little dated but they were talking about the psychology behind why people like reality television and a lot of it has to do with relating with what you see on screen which is something that you know applies to all television but part of why people kind of are extra honed in with reality tv is their feeling even though they know it's produced and there are still somewhat of a script they feel like they're actually getting to know real people when the world has kind of made it harder to meet new people all the time and they also it's strange because there was kind of this trope going around that people watch reality tv to watch people be humiliated but they found out in the study they actually watched it to be more empathetic. Like, mm. for instance, in the competition style shows, they were more 
and yeah well maybe not as much the bachelor but the ones where it was like a chance at fame like american idol or something mm -hmm. they were mm -hmm. more connected to it if they were a someone who wanted to be a participant or knew someone like that because they would want to see it because they were like that could be me right and and i was like and i i kind of get that it's like mortal Kombat. somebody you know <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I could be slicing someone up like pepperoni. <laughs> Competition shows for sure. You pick someone and you run with them, and it's it, yes. it plays out like a serialized okay, but, drama. But the my argument for that is like, okay, I, I I get the empathy part. Yes, but if that's something you want to do, you're not going to get there sitting on your ass watching the TV and the contestants doing it. Like that's that's the the, the rut I think that culturally just saddens me they're like hey watch this great thing and people go well i guess just observing it's fine even though i'd really love to be there versus oh no i'm actually i actually want to go like try to do that thing right i, I don't know. agree with that to an extent i do think if you actually want to be on a show that's a reality show you got to play the game so it would help for you to watch it like if you wanted to be on like american idol or the voice it's mm -hmm. like yeah, they're going to cut yeah, a lot no, of people yeah, who no are way. super talented. You need to have the marketable <laughs> trait. Right. You, you need to be like, you need to either be really depressing or really weird or what makes you TV worthy to watch mm -hmm. in addition mm -hmm. to being talented. I guess the voice is like less so that they kind of actually want people who are like, you know, who cares except for what you sound like to an extent right. until they kind of move further along but definitely in the early years of american idol it was all about like the sob stories or the people who did really horrible in their auditions and you do watch that and you think about like you gave your time to this person you could have picked like millions of people who could carry a tune but then you realize it's all for the ratings and that which is different when you so, get reality TV on a streaming platform, but then they take metrics in a digital way. So, well, okay. So, oh, go ahead. I guess. I mean, I don't need to. I don't mean to go like too deep into American no, culture. No, do it. Please go. But if go if the point of this show, we'll take we'll take uh, American Idol or whatever. For yeah. Example. Not whatever. American Idol is an example, right? If the point is you need to be marketable for you yeah. to be on the show, that means you are a pawn in making someone money. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> and now you can you could say that that's a black and white, watered down version of what's happening, but you can't deny that that is then the oh, backbone sure. of what's happening, right? Right, with the vague premise of a piece of that pie that's at the like, end. The goal is for that, then, like, someone's goal is like, well, I'm, I really want to go be on the CV because I want to be famous. But it's like, I mean, sure, you're, you might be, be popular in the sense that the populace knows who you are, but at this, this, the, at the sake of, of what, like, being a pawn. For someone to just make money off of people spending hours watching The Voice or American Idol after they finish their day job. I don't know. I just, I look at the whole picture and it just bums me out. But I don't get bummed out when I see like something like Better Call Saul or, or Community that's like, oh, there's some like TV creativity 
being attempted and explored. And I just, I, I see the trash stuff is just like, like, it's like a car business. It's like, it's like going to a car lot and then having a car sold to you. Like, no, I don't want the fucking Pontiac. I want the Corvette. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. but they're going to tell me a Pontiac's a Corvette. Like that's what I get from a lot of the like reality stuff. I'm going to tell you what Pontiacs are Corvettes. So we need to go back in time. We need, we, we need to go back in time. Uh, because I don't know my, basically the rise of reality is pretty much alongside like the rise of golden age television. Right. Yeah. Like we had a bunch of fun TV that yeah, absolutely had merits and, and there's some great shows, mm-hmm. but then we have that explosion that comes about with like Sopranos and yeah, I'm going to add 24 yeah. in the mix and stuff like that. And and we also, at that same time, we're getting competition shows like Survivor, and we're getting a bunch of those other fun reality shows that I can't name because, yeah, I don't, I, d- I didn't watch too many of them either. Uh, the idea, though, is is that like you had to fill as a network twenty four hours worth of programming, yeah. and yeah, you can throw a ton of money at something that fills your three hours of prime time budget, and then when that goes off the air for what four months, you're you're going to need something else. And like, what, what is the one thing that like is really that, that what, what's the big similarity between all these shows, right? What's the big similarity between Breaking Bad and American Idol or maybe, I don't know, American Idol's, American Idol to me is more like a Mortal Kombat kind of show where you just pick someone and go and they they throw you some sympathy. You're like Big Brother you brought up. Big Brother. Big Brother yeah, is Big a Brother. wonderful serialized television show. And it and it yeah. fills in that spot. And honestly, Big Brother 19 is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Um, and it's it's all because of character. Yeah, you're not your first. <laughs> it's all because of character. It's all because of like character arcs and stuff like that. And take that Reddit. And like the the thing about Kardashians, especially, is I mean we're here in what 2021. The show's just finally ended yeah. after what 12 plus years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Fair show, enough. the sisters were. I don't remember it too well. I was basically like, we're sitting around like when's Jersey Shore going to air? Um, yeah. But I'll watch Kardashians with yeah. everybody. Uh, we essentially, it as a communal <laughs> experience, <laughs> we did. Um, but like the sisters were a lot more relatable when Scott. Courtney's evil husband or whatever was the villain of the show. Yes. And Survivor's great because of sympathetic characters like James being their own downfall when they don't play their double immunity idol and they get blindsided and betrayed, where Johnny Fairplay fakes a sympathy vote because he tells the entire cast of the show his grandmother died when they cut to her watching Jerry Springer on her couch. Like, (laughs) those are the Gus Frings of cheap television. And they work in similar ways. It's just... Yeah, it's it's cheaper to produce. It's quicker to produce. It's it doesn't mm-hmm, have the mm-hmm. the cinematic language that's seeped into television over the past 20, 30 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, like you don't have that Western influence because you, you can't get that when you strap a GoPro up to the, you know a corner of a, of a room. No, but you can still have those characters. You can still have your Gus Frings of the reality world, and that makes that uh, that's really like the 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 difference being you know, I guess, who does that, right? It's like where you, Johnny might get the the credit for doing that, and, and deservedly so. It's yeah. like uh, um, the difference is like Vince Gilligan in a writer's room versus Amy, uh, I forget her name, uh, 
you know, in the Big Brother office, uh, you know, producing basically three episodes a week uh, to fast forward a story. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, reality so cheap to produce and it's so mm -hmm. what um you get a lot for it as well because people do get invested in it just as much but then oh, you, yeah. you don't have actors that you have to pay or like big name actors you have to pay right, you have right. that yep kind of everyday people who are happy to kind of get their 15 minutes of fame or longer in terms of like the kardashians where they then just become an empire and mm -hmm. funny enough with the Kardashians, I actually watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians for a comedy writing class in college <laughs> because some reality television is so well produced. It can, and also many of them are scripted, even though you're supposed to believe that they're not, that they right. actually do get used as examples of how you can make good writing. Because some of it is, can you write for people who will improvise? And that's mm. kind of where you're going with that as well. Like if you watch a lot of these shows that kind of center on like, you know, drama within either the contestants or the coworkers, whichever it might be. Like I've watched a show called Selling Sunset, which is kind of like a workplace reality TV show where they sell really expensive houses in like Beverly Hills. But it's all about these real estate agents and kind of like how they work together, how they kind of band into like, you know, certain teams. And then you do you realize that it's obviously scripted to some regard, but you can tell that there are people who are like, we're gonna like throw her in this situation and pretty sure it's gonna end up like this. So then we can follow this and this and this. And it's kind of the sign of reality TV relies on having really talented production and production really gets to shine because they have to like think on their feet and be a lot more reactive. Whereas like a lot of prestige TV is not live. And no, not at most all. of it is very edited. <laughs> so you can get oh, yeah. everything to its perfect take instead of, and you know, reality TV gets edits as well, but a little bit less of it. And because it's cheaper to produce, that also means like they have less time and time is money especially one. in production so it's like they have to kind of get it right the first or maybe second time but not like to the extent of like you know if you think about better call Saul, which is like a very film noir style shot show you're kind of like yeah like they're getting it where the lighting is just right <laughs> oh uh -huh. Uh -huh. final Everything episode of season four that oh that shot where he walks out and the, the, the edge of the spoilers right here where he just walks out into the desert it's that long shot, the big wide shot. It's uh it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, you do not get that in reality TV. No. 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 Uh but yeah, I mean, you know, you'll 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 get your Mike Ehrman trouts. But the uh, with that said, Justin, you a lot of your sentiments I agree with. I yeah. the, the worst parts of reality are the vapid personalities that that get into the show. The reason that I think, like, Big Brother 19, and I say 19, like, there is no show where season 19 should be a decent, like, no show has the right for its 19th season to be decent at all, like, watchable even. Uh, well, not true, but, like, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a rarity. 
what did make that show both good and bad is that a lot of its better personalities were able to shine because a lot of its personalities were there strictly because they wanted to be influencers. They weren't really playing the game, which allowed one character who was a returning character. This guy, his name's Paul, right? He's basically like, I see him as the villain of the season. He's this dude, he's this 20-somethings bushy beard guy, shows up to the finale in an open Hawaiian shirt, right? He plays the game. He plays a good game, but he's manipulative. And he's sitting up there with, you know, some 20-something Bond girl named Nicole, and she takes the, the win by one jury vote. So, next season, someone takes this, like, temptation, you know, it's like a gimmick, right? It is, it, it, mm-hmm. like, the reality producers, they know that we know it's bullshit, and they're like, you're here for the people. We're like, yeah, we're here for the people. Um, just, like, do, do whatever bullshit you need to to, like, get us the people. So they do, and they bring Paul back in in a surprise twist in the second episode. Now... Paul is like, he's out for blood. He's going to play the game. He got to, like, he tasted victory. You know, he came up with the second place prize. So his whole thing is that he's going to rally everybody in the house to play his game. Now, everybody in the house, they're Big Brother fans looking for Instagram followers, and they just stop playing the game. They're just like, yeah, Paul, like, play whatever game you need to. He takes three couples all the way, and they're just like, one dude's eating cereal, nobody else is doing anything. It's like, all right, like there's, there's nothing going on here, except there's this like ex-Marine who's so cold to the rest of the cast. He's like, I don't know if any, anyone's ever seen Letterkenny. He's like a less charismatic Wayne. And the cast ends up hating this guy because he's immediately going, like he, he's, he's going his own way, right? Um... And so they're just like, all right, we got to rally around this guy. He's a threat. Let's get him out. Um, They get him out really fast. America votes him back in. The cast doesn't know that America likes Cody and hates the rest of them. So they're so confused. Cody gets in a relationship with a girl named Jessica. They get a little bit of power. Paul's able to get everybody to fuck them over and like basically vote out. See, Tracy's got her jaw to the floor. This is a good show. This is pretty good. (laughs) They get their (laughs) pawn out of the game. They kill off this pawn that Jessica and Cody put up just as like, uh, we're gonna gonna put you on the block to get killed, but we're actually gonna get this other guy killed. But Paul gets everybody to kill the pawn. And so Jessica and Cody are like, oh my god, we don't have any friends. So Paul's gang goes after them, right? But Jessica is a better player than James was the night that he got voted out of Survivor, and she plays her immunity idol. Gives Cody and Jessica a second chance. Cody gets immunity, but Jessica knows she's going down, so she goes down. Jessica's out of the game. Cody has to fight to survive the next, like, eight weeks to win the game. You know he's not going to do it, but you're going you're gonna to show up because this guy, despite the fact that, like, He's this cold dude that nobody's getting along with that everybody in the house thinks is the villain. And, you know, you, you, you just, you're, you're there to see him fight everybody. You're there to see, like, is he going to win this game? Uh, no, he doesn't. He gets voted out the next week. Like, he's not going to take on the whole house. But, so, so he's out. He's the first member of the jury, right? So he goes off. We still get to see clips of him throughout the weeks. It's great. Basically... Paul just cleans house for the rest of the season. And it's exactly like you're talking about. It's the worst of worst reality. You're just like, nobody's here to play the game. All of these people mm-hmm. are 
personalities that we just don't want to watch for three hours a week like CBS wants us to. Uh, because, you know, Paul's just being Paul, and everybody, like, this guy's literally, he's just eating cereal. Like, the, there's, the, that's his entire character on the show. Like, yeah, there's there's nothing there. there there's no, the, you, can, you can definitely go watch Breaking Bad. You can go, yeah, you can go ride your road bike instead. <laughs> um, with that said, like, that dreadful season, it ends with Paul in the same seat he was in the last season. He's sitting in the same seat. He's sitting next to a dude named Josh, who was not a well-liked player, to my knowledge. I don't think people, I don't think people liked anybody at this point in the season. People just wrote it out. So Paul's sitting in the same seat. He's sitting with a backwards cap again. His beard's even bushier, and he brings the same open Hawaiian shirt to the finale night. We like the continuity. And it gets down to the last member of the jury. It's tied. This many votes, Josh. This many votes, Paul. The last jury member to vote is Cody. And Cody votes for Josh to win. He takes down Paul, the person who, like, he was fighting all season, that America was like, we need this guy. Like, this guy's ruining this show. Cody, the hero of the series, who, by the way, is a success story with his showman's Jessica, who are, they're not a showman's, they're... It's, it, this is like, I've only seen four seasons of Big Brother. I just lucked out getting to see this one. Uh, <laughs> I was I was unemployed and home for a summer, and the, there you go. Um, <laughs> then you happened. watch all the programming. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Um, but the the fact that Paul loses a year later in the same chair to someone that he got the entire house to think was the villain, this the one person that could stand up against him, that America kept voting, or that America, right? Big Brother CBS likes to portray America as a character who has a little bit of the voice in the game, right? Like, they get to vote on things. And and so they're they're actually, like, the the, the, the word used is America, right? So, so we're the audience, yeah. right? The yeah. audience is hero in this sense, I guess. When, like, basically, like, nobody wanted, I, I don't know, I didn't personally want Josh to win, but I obviously didn't want Paul to win, because he ruined a season of television, exactly. he, ru he ruined a game, right? Or, like, his play style and everybody bowing to him ruined the game. Um, and so, like, you had, you had a payoff. You had an actual payoff here. Uh, and it was kind of beautiful, and it was character-focused. And, yeah, there was a lot of drivel to get to it. Like, I'm not telling anybody, go out there and watch, you know, three, because there's three episodes a week. A lot <laughs> for, of television. For, a yeah. lot of TV. Um, but, but the fact is, is it's a decent season of television with a story yeah. arc, with mm -hmm. characters. There's rises, there's falls, mm -hmm. there's heartbreak. There's, like, uh, you know, you, you, it's, it's kind of like a succession likes to play everything high stakes where everybody talks about getting killed all the time. They're not getting killed. They're getting, like, put in timeout. But they talk about getting killed, and, and this is kind of like the, how these competition shows play it as well. Um, yeah, it's obviously there's a wide breadth to reality. Uh, but yeah. for how cheaply CBS is producing that and the fact that, you know, they can continue to sell ads for a summer so they can bring you something like, I don't even know what CBS's best show or like, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, for a long time, it was the Big Bang Theory. Right. That so they was... can bring you Big Bang Theory, right? <laughs> uh yeah so they can put this out there and and they can pay those bills in a cheap way and still provide entertainment mm -hmm. um and then mm -hmm. they get a chance to buy something like big bang theory that actually does give someone something to to look forward to and, and a character to to care about their struggles and whatnot 
and the new How I Met Your Father with Hilary Duff. You know. Oh, that's gonna I mean, be a I know that's show. going on. That's going on Hulu, but I mean, CBS had the original How I Met Your Mother, so right. I assume there's some. They probably got paid somewhere along the way. Somewhere they had to do something, mm-hmm. or maybe since it's a new rendition, they don't have to pay homage to the original network. But I think something that we were talking about before we started the show was Justin was mentioning of how you sometimes peter off seasons of television, like after season three. And I guess like an argument for reality television is that because it's less plot driven and written, they do get to like redefine themselves for seasons and test out new material and just kind of see how it goes. And a lot of it, I would say the intellectual side of reality television is that a lot of them are these social experiments. <laughs> and even though right, some of right. them play off as like very trashy or vapid <laughs> than other ones, you kind of look at it. And if you take a step back, you're kind of like, there's, there's something here to like the group mentality and how pe- quickly people will go into Lord of the Flies mode <laughs> when they're forced mm-hmm. to live with other people for the first time. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. If I think about shows like America's Next Top Model, that's definitely one where they'll just decide to have a season where they're like, we're having male models this season. Next season, mm, we're going to do college edition. Like they just kind of get to pick like what they want to do. And it doesn't have to have continuity, Continuity. like things that we like to look at when we're looking at kind of really well written television is like, how does this all connect from beginning to end? And that's like one of my favorite things to do with writing. But there is some freedom that you get to have when the beginning and the end don't have to connect. But to Daniel's point is when they take all of that freeform stuff and still have the beginning match the end like they did with that scene you were talking about. That also is your like someone is paying attention to all these details, mundane or not. Yeah, yeah. They're making sure that there is something for those who are, you know, watching most clearly but yeah i do think there was a heyday period where a lot of reality television was being produced we were talking about this when we were planning this episode where there's even things that we forget happened like extreme makeover where we were like wait there was a show where they just plastic surgeried everyone and then there was a show botched where they'd be like this is where it goes wrong (laughs) yeah no (laughs) for for all these examples like Oh, sorry. No, say there's also that show. I remember watching it like with my sister when I was a kid, where they would pretty much just like buy people a new wardrobe. That was it. Oh, yeah. What not like, to wear? What not to wear? We're gonna go to the store yeah. and just buy you new clothes. That's it. And they made a couple years of seasons of that show. Yeah, so they like would, three or four years. I loved that show, but I do think of some of the people where I'm like, I mean what do I wear to the grocery store? Because it would be like they filmed them and being like, they have a horrible sense of fashion. I'm like, I mean, I don't really go to Target looking good, guys. <laughs> if that's so, where you catch me, they'd be like, socks with Birkenstocks and sweatpants? Yeah. What's going down here? <laughs> I would What's like going down is I'm buying a six-pack and I'm comfortable and I'm going back home. Like, listen, I do order pickup. I get in, I get out, I stay comfy. I'm sleeping in these ones. <laughs> but, you know, on, on oh, what not to wear, they would kind of film people. And yeah. it was kind of like the main, like, 
target they picked was like the person that was kind of like putting themselves last like a lot of times oh like yeah working mothers that were just like right i can't be I bothered yeah. or like people who like lost a lot of weight or something and they just never bought themselves new clothes and new so they'd clothes. kind of like go into these people's lives and be like you're a marketing director you should look good we're gonna take you down and I think the only thing, like, I remember the person who's, like, one of the hosts of the show, kind of, the only thing she regrets is, like, she kind of put everyone into a bit of a cookie-cutter mold when it came to fashion. But when I look back at it, they were kind of trying to just teach you some basics. Like, yep. this yep. is somewhat flattering to wear if you want to pair this type of yep. cuts. And then, uh -huh. you know, go uh -huh. crazy after that. But at least now you have some, like... You have your baseline shoes. <laughs> yeah, you have some shoes and a couple pairs of pants and like you got a, a blazer. You got some high-waisted trousers and V-necks to elongate and draw the line. Yeah, no, I remember that show. It was a good time, but yeah, there's TLC also brought much of the reality mm -hmm. for a while. I feel like they're less active of a network, but at the same time. I, uh, I'm not the big, neither right? of us on this show are the biggest consumers of reality television. I guess to be that's fair. The and yet I also I, have I seen a good, <laughs> it's not my favorite kind of TV. It's probably my least favorite, if I'm honest, but I've still kind of jumped in every once in a while to different mm -hmm. types of reality mm -hmm. TV. Yeah. Daniel, how do you, how is how are you feeling about reality TV? Is it something you tend to watch often or more of a once in a while or? Uh, no, I think a lot of reality TV is on network and cable. Um, and I, I suppose there's quite a bit of it on streaming services, but even then, I'll tend to lend towards docu series, which seem like they're different things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With that said, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that it like we speak to things like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, uh, and that, I mean, that's the same team, and it's like top of the top, like it's top of the business, right? And I obviously have a fondness for Big Brother 19, specifically. Uh, that's one season in a 20-something year, you know, reign. Speaking of those 20 years, there are how many other networks? How many other networks have risen and fallen? How many other shows have gone through even just one episode on air to a couple seasons on air? It's like, Justin, you were saying, like, oh, yeah, that show lasted three, four years. It's a pretty good run, all things considered. Uh, so we tend to, like, obviously something like the Kardashians stick around. And, like, yeah, obviously it's kind of like any show, right? And it's, you, you spend enough time, you kind of, like, lose what the original thought of it was and and as like mm. the family's keeping their brand they're they're transforming as well yeah right it's there are merits to a couple of these shows yes and there are some of these shows that are going to mean something to yeah the disgruntled marketing director that gets home and is paying for cable and needs to turn something on with their glass of wine and just kind of like unwind for a couple minutes and watch either a success story or something go worse than what's going on you know uh with them and there's there's actually there's a great YouTuber named Nakey Jakey that does a couple videos on reality shows, uh, dating shows in particular. He goes through which ones he thinks are good and which ones he thinks are bad, and I think that's like a great primer for like what what do these shows mean to him, his sister, uh, and like which ones does he just think have no merit being on air uh, or awful or uh, you can tell are just fake. Uh, I, I love the word you use, vapid. 
I'll obviously yeah. defend a, a little bit of reality TV uh, because it's cheap to produce. It's interesting in the space if it's done right. And honestly, I mean, my thoughts are always that it all comes down to character. And if you can craft good character, yeah. no matter what the medium is, uh, you've won me over. But yeah, it, it there's a lot. There's there's obviously it's odd because it it has more of because it's easier to produce uh, because it's quicker to produce. It could be less responsible, maybe, and it can definitely mm -hmm. be more reflections on on, on things where, where you're kind of like asking, is this the right way to, to say this? And obviously in TV, you have more, or in, in scripted TV, you have more tools to say things in a more direct or deliberate way. It's, but keep your conviction. Like, I hope we have not changed your mind in any way. No. I definitely I think appreciate we're just like giving oh, yeah. some okay. background oh, no. into Good. why you guys, So for our viewers, unlike unlike Tracy and Daniel here, I am not a, a TV slash uh, video media buff. I don't have, like Tracy was talking about, like the Kardashians being used in one of her classes for like, here's how to write for improvised screenwriting. Like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm a consumer of all things TV media. So this is the vantage point of someone in, as a, as a consumer and seeing I guess I, I can appreciate, and especially after our discussion even tonight, I can appreciate the, the production side and the value of that, of, of a lot of, of reality TV where like, yeah, the people that are able to think on their feet like that and make a storyline and form storylines and characters, like I can't do that. So kudos to you. And it is brilliant in a lot of those ways. Um, but like I have friends that watch like The Bachelor and they're like in their late 20s and they're like, this is I need to find a Prince Charming. And I'm like, bro, that's not how the world works. Yeah. You know? So I don't that, that's the part that I get like real, real angsty towards reality TV because I do know a lot of people and maybe their IQs are just fucking in the garbage can. I don't know. Maybe I have stupid friends. I don't know. <laughs> but like maybe not us, but <laughs> Not you two, no. <laughs> no, but, no, but I know, I know people who like who use reality TV as a reflection and benchmark of like their status in life, and I'm like, bro, it's it's a marketing ploy in yeah, a lot of situations. It's reality TV winning, and I it's mean, not always. But the way we interact with it, I guess. So I guess that's you guys brought some clarification for me tonight. It well, isn't the shows yeah. itself; it's the ways we, as a culture, interact with them. Yeah, and the interaction deeply disturbs me. A lot of levels, it deeply disturbs me. It can. I mean, I think reality television is not meant, unlike its name, for you to base your reality on it. And so, right. I mean, that's kind of like all television in, in general, except oh, yeah. for like when you think about, you know, really relatable sitcoms that are kind of supposed to like get into kind of like the smalls of life but then a lot of reality television is focused on people who you could even think of some in your own circles that are just larger than life people like i have seen things mm -hmm. or you've gone mm -hmm. to someone's friend's house where you're like if you put a few cameras in here you know there's some oh, people who watch it <laughs> i've been trying to pitch it to a uh, family i know for a long time now. i know which one i agree 
<laughs> we would be the staff for that. Show. <laughs> yep. Oh, we still got time. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's that. So, yeah. but it's yeah. I I see what you mean. It is hard when reality TV creates unrealistic expectations or standards, and it's you know produced with people thinking like, well, of course this isn't how life really works oh yeah but then there are people who kind of go like well i really want to hold out for something like this and even when you think about really well scripted television there is also things that stick with you i think if you've dated long enough where you're like yeah the will they won't they arc does not work with you doing nothing (laughs) (laughs) so you can't just hope for something to happen. Like you're going to have to like go outside. <laughs> no one's just going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, you want to come sing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're going to, you're going to. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Like we were saying with competition shows and probably closer to home for us as musicians is like, yeah, you can't just like post things on YouTube and be like, one day I'll get discovered. It's like, no, yeah. like you, you gotta be. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta be. You gotta, you gotta be putting yourself out there, writing some proposals of like, this is why you should book me. <laughs> they, they don't just. Well, yeah, they don't it's, always come to you. Sometimes they do, but it's like, it's just like the yeah. You can't oh, yeah. build yourself on the once in a lifetime right, opportunity. Right. You kind of have to build it on the. The standard is the answer is no, <laughs> and you have to start. You know doing it enough to get some yeses and yeah i think that is hard thing with competition shows it's like eventually people you do know you'll be like that person is on that show that's great but it doesn't happen a ton i feel like the only kind of exception to that that i can think of is like last comic standing there's so many like really good stand-up comedians that i can think of that i'm like we're on shows like that and actually ended up being like pretty prominent so Mm -hmm. that's one where it actually seems like they churned out a good amount of people whereas a lot of like the other like kind of like singing competition shows i'm like i can think of two people who actually went on to have like larger music careers careers. and a lot of the people it's like you got the one album that came with your deal and then it's like that was it there's it like okay And I don't, yeah. I don't watch any of the dancing reality shows. Oh, I haven't watched much of those either. No. I mean, there's but, like Dancing with the Stars, which that has its own thing of being like a vehicle yeah. for making famous people relevant again. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then also again, again, it... Dancers. It, it, it goes... I guess it's, it's two ways. I guess the, the, the core disgust with all of it that I have is... You get, unfortunately, the people who sink into the trap of yeah, maybe not even initially thinking or believing like that this is or agreeing that this is the way the world works, right? But they consume so much of it, like it starts, it literally starts starts to, to warp the way you view things. Yeah, and that's true with anything. Whatever you read, literally books, internet content you consume, YouTube you consume, anything, right? It, it the information we consume molds the way we understand the world around us. And when, you know, two hour, it's not uncommon, especially in the United States, for two to three hours of every evening for the average American 
for their time to be spent in front of the television. That's very common here. You yes. <laughs> yeah. But so what? Are, so but on that on that vein though, like right, like what are they consuming? And yeah. you're right. The producers are going. We were on you know making stuff on the the seam of our pants. Daniel, like you said, like making three episodes a week. Like the creativity behind it is is astounding and brilliant, and the workload is is just mind-boggling and impressive on that end right but then you have the issue and problem of consuming and it's like i wouldn't that's what you're putting in front of you every day when you're like i want to ignore like the typical i think stereotypical american thing is like i want to ignore like the crappy hard work that i had right so i'm gonna go watch trash tv that's fine but now when you've watched five evenings of trash tv and you meet with your friends on saturday well covid not so much anymore but you meet with your friends on a Saturday and it's like you now have this really shitty, witty response to a given situation that then pops up and then the person's like, oh, I'm going to respond this way. And then in the real world, it's like, you can't do that. No. You're a terrible person if you do things that way. You can't but like, I know people do. who in the past like five years, I've watched these shifts in their personnels and I, I, like, I see a correlation of Again, I can't prove it. It's correlation. It's not a, an affect. But I've seen the shift of like, you're, you're, yeah. You're starting to take on traits. You're starting to just you're like throw it? martinis in people's faces <laughs> and make you upset. You broke my glass. <laughs> Talk to them. But no, but, but, that's, <laughs> can't but, but like that's, that. but that's like freaky to me, you know? Yeah. And if, if that's the way, I don't know, that's not the majority by far. No. I very much know that. Um, but from a like production standpoint, you, I think you need to be aware and conscious of how your stuff's being consumed because yeah. we live in a community of a culture and a society and everything we all do impacts each other. Whether you're like, oh, well, it's just for fun in a business. It's great. But people are going to see it and be affected by it, whether you like it or not, whether you're making a buck or not, it's going to affect somebody. Um, and we all as consumers and producers of media, any type of media, I think have responsibility to each other in our our cultures as a whole to maintain integrity within that. I think that's a good amount to so, chew on is responsible content production. And I think it's something that people are probably having more eyes on these days as yeah. more stuff gets churned out oh, yeah. and more stuff yeah. is monitored since it's streamable and you can go back to it more easy. But yeah, Daniel, any final thoughts on prestige no. versus reality? I, I love think Justin wrapped it up really nicely. I love what Justin said and never lose that conviction. Always strive mm -hmm. for that responsibility. Um, that was Jay Wright. That was, that was the dude who does our incredible banger of a theme song. He made it. Love think it. he doesn't know much about TV, but he knows a hell of a lot about giving a good theme song. Our artwork was done by Fen. You can find her at Fenlante on Instagram. You can find Jaywright at jaywrightmusic.com. Our website was done in thanks to Coco. Uh, thank you for, uh, we had Fen, BMAC, uh, a couple more, and Egg Licker show up to the show tonight. <laughs> um, you can find our previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Hit us up by sending us an email at info at ptptshow.com on our voicemail or chat box on ptptshow.com uh, homepage if you want to rant 
roast or rave here like Jay Wright did with us tonight. Thank you for coming on, man. This was a, yeah. this was a really yeah, fun conversation. Thank you guys for having me. Great time. This was great. Thanks for letting me uh, uh, share my thoughts and get a little riled up and a little intense. And I dig it. I love it. Yeah, you too can be on PTPT show. Just leave us a note. thing about uh mentioning bmac is like our production manager i don't know what you want to be credited as you got to write in bmac and tell us what what, what do you want your credit to be here in the end credits yeah does he want to be like show consultant product like content production what what do you want to be in <laughs>